0: hello hello my friends my family my community my tribe welcome to the hippie moms podcast oh yeah here we are so glad you are joining me today and we are continuing on our healing journey isn't that what we are here to do to heal from the conditioning the false beliefs the things that keep us stuck in patterns that do not lead us to our deepest heart desires. And I don't know about you, but motherhood has put me on that healing journey because when I began to see my children reflect back to me, my wounds, I could not bear it. I, it was so hard, you know, children truly are our mirrors. And as mothers, when we begin to see this I don't know about you, but all I can, all my heart can bear is the knowing that I am doing something to heal myself back into, to the whole being that I am, that we already are. We've just forgotten. We've just been fed a bunch of lies, my friends. We've just been fed a bunch of malarkey from the government from society, from our culture, from our family, from our friends that are all spinning in the cycles of suffering. And so we want to move forward creating, we are creating a new earth. Tanya Kolesnik is here to help remind us who we are. Uh, Tanya is a psychotherapist. She's also uh, been a, a social worker for decades. She's run hundreds of group therapy um, sessions. Um, she's created intimate therapeutic coaching groups um, that she calls Activate. Um, and what she does is she gives her clients access to powerful support and a process of collective and self-discovery that's unique to group Therapy. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in a collective for a very long time, and it is so healing. And I think what happens is when we get into a group and we start to share and we start to witness other people in their humanity, we remember that we're not alone, and it does take this the the pressure off a bit. Um, she really her work centers around helping clients achieve inner and outer alignment, so they may lead lives which honor their truest selves which we know is not an easy feat, because our lives are impacted by many powerful factors, right? We talk about childhood conditioning, the culture, the quote-unquote rules we follow, and of course our inner critics, oh my goodness, and our relationships, our energy levels. All these things um, impact us, and, and really we pull all of these things that we have collected over the years, and we pull them into the present moment, and we look through the, look at the present moment through all these filters. And it kind of, it it just distorts the truth, the reality in front of us. So instead of being present and showing up to reality as is and making a response to reality in that moment, we carry all this baggage, all these filters, and then we act from there. We're We're not in purity. We're not in this true space. And so what we wanna do here and what we're talking about is how can we peel away the layers that aren't in alignment, right? To get to the heart of what it is. And uh, Tanya Cole Lesnick really works us through this process and really at the end of the day, we just wanna lead lives that light us up, that bring us joy, that is our birthright. And in order to get there, we gotta do the work and we're doing the work together. We're just putting one step one foot in front of the other, taking step-by-step step baby steps. And I just loved this conversation. I found a lot of um, helpful um, ideas and just kind of, you know, kind of center yourself as you listen to this. If you hear an aha and you're like, "Ooh, listen to that. Always follow those ahas. Those are breadcrumbs. That's your higher self, God, creator, spirit, whatever you want to call it, leading you back to you. So uh, without further ado, let's let's get into it. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Hippie Moms Podcast. So excited to have Tanya Cole Lesnick with us. Welcome, Tanya.
1: Hi, Becky. I'm really happy to be here with you today.
0: So happy you're here. I'm so excited for. uh, I just have a really good feeling about this conversation and all the good little nuggets that our moms are going to take from this. But before we kind of get into it, tell us your story. How did you get to where you are today? And tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. So. I actually started my career out as a graphic designer. And during that time, I was struggling to have a long term love relationship. I really saw myself as married with kids one day, but my relationships were not lasting. And I didn't know what was in the way. And this was more than 30 years ago. And so the idea of therapy wasn't something I considered seriously at first. I felt some stigma connected to it. I was in New York City at the time, which is one of the most accepted places for therapy, but I still felt like "Mm, my problems were not legitimate enough and I was very dismissive of it. But as time went on and I was still struggling, it felt More important to me to figure something out. And so I opened up to the possibility. I got a few names and got connected to a wonderful therapist named Bonnie, who immediately I felt emotionally safe starting to share my story with her. And pretty early on, she suggested that I add group therapy to the mix. And she ran both. So I was meeting with her individually, and I would also join a group that she would run the thought of which really terrified me Uh, and I was being much more vulnerable with her than really I was typically. And the thought of sharing some of those things with people at the time who were strangers really scared me, but I was building some trust in her. So I decided to give it a try and I was sort of intrigued too. Um, So I went into the group situation. Now, part of what I was telling myself might've been in the way was the possibility that I was unlovable or that there was a part of me that was unlovable. Mm -hmm. So going into a group situation was also scary because I felt like, oh, if I showed up and really shared who I was and what I was struggling with, maybe they would see that I was in fact unlovable. And so that was my fear that somebody would call me out and say, yep, that thing you were worried about, you are unlovable. And in fact, the second group session, there was a guy in there who said to me that I was sharing with them why I was in group to begin with. And the guy said that he could spot my neediness immediately. And that was really painful. And I felt the urge to run out of the room. I felt he was calling me out on being unlovable, which isn't what he was saying, but that was what I was interpreting. But with some time and sharing my inner world with people who were sharing their inner worlds, I was able to face that reality that I had a certain sense of urgency to me that was showing up. I thought I was hiding it. I wasn't hiding it. And I was also spending a lot of time curating how I showed up, all of that. And so being in that group situation where I was had really permission to be human and myself and others had permission to be human in themselves, it really helped me calm that down. And that thought that I was unlovable shifted. And it turned into this understanding that Oh, it's not that I'm unlovable. And it's not that I'm this flawed person. It's that I'm a human being.
0: Mm. And that
1: it's complicated. It's a complicated journey. And there's a lot of layers to it. And that reframe and starting to really understand how that was a, a different kind of a message that I was starting to learn helped me be more embodied, show up more fully. And I did Really early on, meet a man who I did end up marrying, we had kids, we just celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary. anniversary. So yeah, thank you. So all that I wanted did happen. But the part that I hadn't anticipated was the relationship I developed with myself, mm-hmm. and learning about having my own needs, learning how to honor my needs, learning how to speak honestly and figure out how to communicate so that my relationship with my then who became my husband, also friendships and everything had a certain honesty to them and a mutual sharing to them and really showing up much more fully in the world. And so that whole experience was so powerful for me that I ended up Leaving the field of graphic design, and I went back to school and I became a therapist and uh and later doing more personal development coaching, and especially love working with groups because I think that that power of realizing you're not alone, realizing you're not flawed, the things that perhaps you might feel some shame sharing if you are brave enough to share, usually what you'll find is people can really relate to what you're sharing and it takes the sting out. So that's it. That's how I'm here.
0: Wow. You know, there's so much in your story and I want to start in the beginning because we all have those subconscious blocks and beliefs that keep us from truly showing up yeah. Of 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 our divine self, of who we're meant to be, mm-hmm. and so what is that? Do do we do we develop these through through our childhood? You know, is it is it different for everyone, or do is it all kind of come to the same that we feel unworthy, unloved? Is that kind mm-hmm. of the, the core belief, or is there more core beliefs that are in there?
1: I, that I think sense? that there's yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's tons of limiting beliefs. And we all have our own nuanced versions, but there's certainly a lot of overlap. And I would say, you know, that those core wounds of not being worthy or having to hustle for worth or having to I mean, people pleasing was something that I've really had to unlearn and be very mindful about. And, you know, I think there were, um, there's a lot of them, but there are seven very common ones that I've kind of gleaned from this work. So, um, one that you have to hustle for your worth two, that. You have to please others in order to be loved three, that you're not enough four, that you're too much. 5 that it's better to be productive than to spend time any other way. Um 6 that your dreams are too big, they may be for other people, they're out of your reach. Mm-hmm. And 7 am I going to remember the other one that I had in mind. Um Yeah. You get the gist though. I can't remember what the other one is. And there's more than that, but those are so common and there's so much overlap. And when I'm in um, situations, whether it's working individually with people or in group, but especially in group, I can see how people will share some of those limiting beliefs. And then somebody else will very quickly say, yes, me too. I struggle with that too.
0: I mean, I really feel like sh- I have and still do struggle with all of them., mm-hmm. you know, and it's um and and I and I really think that's important for people to know that it is normal, yeah, to have these subconscious, limiting beliefs and in and, and in a way, I believe it's perfect because it gives us an opportunity to overcome them and truly see our power.
1: Mm, yeah. Nothing to
0: overcome, it would be super boring.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also, I mean, I think when when any of us are sort of struggling with a journey and then realizing that some of what has been running the show isn't even our truth, it gives us the idea of like, oh, wait, I can even question some of this because if we don't even know to question it, Mm -hmm. then we can... Operate in this automatic pilot way, not even knowing that our choices don't have to be made the way they're made because we're responding because there are these limiting beliefs and they're always paired with behaviors. So the limiting beliefs, whichever one it might be, if we go with the people pleasing. So the behavior that goes along with that is saying yes to others. Um, sort of not honoring yourself and dismissing yourself. And so that your energy, and I've been calling this actually energetic clutter recently, because your energy is getting cluttered up. It's focused on things that really aren't honoring who you are in your heart. And so yes, I think just knowing, oh, let me pay attention. What are mine? What are the ones that I carry? And it probably is all the ones, or at least most of the ones that we're just talking about now, but there are probably ones that stand out as the most um higher percentage that really take over for each of us. We have different ones that we might move towards more consistently.
0: Mm, yeah, I feel that. And it's probably ones that we were kind of shown through our parents and you know, we kind of pick up those behaviors. So, okay, so we're in this subconscious behavior. Well, people pleasing, we're feeling not worthy of love, you know, and our lives reflect. our lives are reflecting all of this. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know this feeling so much, Tanya, where you just feel overwhelmed, you you are it, it brings anxiety because it's it's like like you said, energetic clutter. It's a discord. You're mm-hmm, not in harmony. Right? Yes, But yeah. you don't know how to get beyond it. It's almost like, I don't know what to do because there's yeah. so many things out there that people are like, do this and do that. Right. And like, yeah. But it's like, it's just another thing. It's like, yeah. what really moves the needle? What are mm. the things that really help us say, you know what, I'm going to change this behavior. We have to also know it's not going to be overnight.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right.
0: But like, what do you see in your groups? Like, what are the things that truly helps kind of move the needle for us to start to forge our own path back to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I think the way in first is the pain points. And often it's things like being overwhelmed or feeling, very depleted, much of the time struggling with irritability, feeling resentful, a lot of the time that those are usually the ways that people kind of come in and enter this work with me. There's a sense that life should be better than this. And there's a real struggle to find joy, connect to that because people are exhausted. Mm. And then from those pain points, starting to pay attention to what some of the patterns are. And so I usually will start with people around tracking. When are you feeling the most depleted? When are you feeling the most resentful? What was happening right before that? And we spend a little time paying attention because although these things grow out of our childhoods, usually, occasionally you can have some intense experiences as an adult that kind of get in there with the limiting beliefs. Um, But they're still alive and well in adulthood. So I think just to start catching it in action and seeing Mm -hmm. what's happening. And that's usually where we start with just tracking. And I ask people to do it in the most simple way possible. Just put it in your phone, just the date, the time, what happened right before. And so that should take 20 seconds just to jot down. And from that information, we can glean, we can start to glean what are some of the patterns. And as we get a better handle on the patterns, we can start to count backwards and look, okay, what's this like? Let's look at your childhood. Let's see what some of those stories are. I mentioned that for me, people pleasing is, was one that I really had to get very, aware of and catch it in action and saw how depleting it would get for me because I kept deferring to other people and I wasn't honoring my own energy levels and um, was very accommodating very agreeable and struggled to say no struggled to take care of myself and so that's been a journey um in as I got more clear about the pattern and how it was showing up and looked back at my own childhood to see some of how it came to be, Mm -hmm. I grew up with a mother who had a lot of anxiety and that anxiety came out as anger and rage. Mm -hmm. And so as a kid, I learned don't rock the boat, don't do anything that's going to set mom off. And so there was this Tiptoeing, people pleasing behavior that started very early on. And it's tricky because I like being a nice, generous person. It feels good. Some of my identities connected to that. And so, I mean, to, part of what I do is help people honor their true selves, it's you're allowed to be a generous person. And it, it, people pleasing doesn't have to be something that you 100% stop never do again. But learn when are you doing it at your own cost? When are you doing it in a way that's fear
0: based? Yes, yes. And, you know, in it, it, just Going back to when you were a child, and when we have those experiences, and we learn to operate in a way so that the world around us, so that we can almost like we have control over the world, right? That's right. We don't feel safe. In That's right. Who we are. That's right. right? And who That's is right. the, so? Because we don't feel safe, we have to then build these walls and masks and identity to mm-hmm. be someone that we're not. That's right. And then we live our life as we're not. And then we get to the point where we're kind of like coming into our own in our adulthood and we're like, what's wrong?
1: (laughs) That's right. Why aren't I enjoying my life more than this? And all that energy. And that's why I start to call it energetic clutter, because the amount of, energy that we can put towards things that have nothing to do with our hearts, but all to do with, and it's funny, the one that I had forgotten on my list was control, that control. Yeah. And that we need control in order to be safe. And I think ultimately all of this really is about that. It's about, are we safe? Our brains are always figuring out safe or unsafe. And so as a child, it, what it didn't, if those are the only two categories, safe or unsafe, Unsafe. It only has to be 51% unsafe for us to put it in the unsafe category. So if we got any negative feedback for certain things, we learn pretty quickly. "Uh -uh, I don't want to do that. That's not going to work for me. Um, And so starting to learn what are the things that I can do in order to keep myself safe. And then it becomes so entrenched. It
0: It becomes the way we live. Yeah. And what you were saying too is it what and what I'm hearing is what you do is these are pattern interrupts building mm-hmm. awareness yeah around these specific areas of our life that are bringing us suffering. We're starting yeah, yeah. to become more aware and open up and be more curious about it rather than continuously using the same neurological pathways that we've always used. We're like, wait a minute okay, now I'm going to write this down. Oh, I mm-hmm. see, maybe I see something here that I hadn't seen before.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not to say that because we have this awareness, and we start to understand where we might want to interrupt the pattern, is it necessarily filled with ease? <laughs> I mean, because it's still, I I know for sure. And still, I mean, I've been working with my people pleasing tendencies for many years now. But I know at least at the beginning, it does get somewhat easier, but it's always can always be somewhat challenging, especially if it's a new place where I'm starting to interrupt it. But saying no, or not being accommodating at a time when in the past, you would have just automatically done it it does bring up anxiety and it can really feel so uncomfortable to do it. And so that's why it's so important to number one, kind of have a sense of what do you want to interrupt and how, so that even though it's uncomfortable, you still have a sense of knowing that this is the way I'm going to honor myself. I know. And being somewhat prepared for discomfort can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And this is part of why I love group as well, because if you're kind of taking some of these steps and you share, you come back and share with the group, like I did this new thing uh, about, you know, what we've been working on together, there's a lot of celebration that happens. We all understand what a big deal it is to interrupt some of these patterns.
0: Mm. And, and, and and I just want to just, you know, reiterate that there is, it is uncomfortable to do something different, right? Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though it's still really uncomfortable to do the same thing, right? Which is yeah. interesting. It's like, choose your discomfort, but this discomfort is going to lead to freedom, where the other one is going to lead you into the same spin that you're already in. That's we already know is always uncomfortable.
1: Right. Right. That's right. And if your brain is still like, wait, is this safe? Is this okay? Cause it's been, the message has been for so long, I need to do this to keep safe. And so starting to challenge that, even if we know it intellectually, emotionally, it takes a while for the rest of us to catch up to the intellectual part of us that has a better understanding, maybe of, of what makes, makes sense. Yeah. However, as we start to make those changes emotionally, it can feel, it can still touch on like, <gasps> That question about whether or not it's safe.
0: Yes, yes, yes. No, I feel that. So when did you start to discover the magic of of groups of therapy and groups? What, what, what kind of led you to that discovery?
1: Yeah, well,
0: you were in one. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that group that I was in, because it was so life-changing for me, um, did lead to me becoming a therapist and then later a coach, as I said, but, but always loving group. Like group was just something that I've since then always done. It's a little tricky to work with groups sometimes, and to plan it and put it all together can be tricky. Um, and so just staying steady about that awareness that doing groups and connecting that way is worth figuring it out, like figuring out the complicated schedules and getting people together, because it's such an amazing, uh, I think, powerful way to help people transform in their lives. Um And I also now, um for the past, maybe not, let me think, how many years, about 6 years i've been doing retreats as well mm-hmm. which i always think is sort of group on steroids it's like you that know yeah yeah and so really using the retreats as an opportunity in fact i just did one this past weekend um and this this woman and i a retreat partner and i'm expanding i'm starting to do retreats with other people as well just to i love the energy the love that gets formed i think just the the intimate sharing that happens and the intimacy that gets developed over this finite period of time. But of course we can stay in touch after, but that period of time is so lovely and seeing the love formed and feeling it. It's, it's pretty amazing experience.
0: Well, and you're really touching on this real basic human need of connection. Yeah. And the world is really pulling us apart. I mean, just how we're, now we're more online. People mm-hmm. have their own houses. We don't live in communities like we used to. We don't live, have our families around everyone's, everywhere else. And so, and I know a lot of mothers, and I feel this too, sometimes it just feels like you're doing it all yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It can feel really isolating. And I know that the retreats and the group things that I do, it, it does bring that sense of uh, connection and mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier that vulnerability and you start to see I'm not alone everybody yeah. experiences something like I am you know in yeah. their own way and their own divine blueprint but yes. we're all struggling with the same things
1: yeah Yeah, totally. And I know like I work with some people individually that come to the retreats and some of the discussion leading up to it is like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be ready to share this or I don't know if I'm going to be ready to share that, which is fair. I mean, everybody just needs to trust themselves and share whatever, but it also can be so powerful to take that leap of faith and just to share maybe something that's a little more vulnerable than you feel ready to share and especially if you feel that it's a safe environment that you're going into which i am very mindful about creating a space and in fact i'm very vulnerable when i am doing that kind of work i share where i'm at in my own journey because i don't think it's you know that people who do this work somehow have it figured out and and are I don't know, like not on their own personal growth journeys. I, I, I believe that we all are human and I guess not everybody chooses to be on a personal growth journey, but those that do, I feel like it's ongoing. I mean, it's just an ongoing thing. And to share that we are in such similar places as we continue on can be so healing
0: it, it's so important for us to know that we're not alone and also like all the people that we might idolize or think their world is perfection and we compare it to it's such an illusion yeah we all it's the human journey to like, mm-hmm. it's a human condition right and yeah. it there's nothing wrong with us right yeah. it, it's all part of this human process and You know, maybe you've done a little more work and you're, you're getting a little clearer, but that's why you're doing what you do. You get to hold hands with those that are, you know, struggling where Mm -hmm. you were and bring Mm -hmm. them up. And I I think that that's just a a beautiful way to help heal humanity and, and, and help people know that Mm -hmm. you're not alone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I'm so grateful for people like you who are putting this podcast out there and reaching more people. Because I think to have more and more of these conversations where it's normalized to talk about, oh, yes, I'm on this journey, I'm struggling with this one part of it. But this part is starting to feel a bit better, whatever it is. There's so much resonance between people that are kind of doing this growing work together and such relief in that. I can see people and, and just even, you know, having one of my private clients be on a retreat sharing more than she thought she was going to share and then talk about like, it was fine. And it felt so healing right away. So I think we get these ideas sometimes about, how ashamed we might feel if we share some of what we struggle with. I mean, there's a lot of shame out there, but it's, it's when so we put it shame. out there. Yeah.
0: And 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 again, it's it's like knowing that we all have things about ourselves that we are scared of that we don't want to share. And I I know every time I have shared something vulnerable that is just scares the heck out of me, after I have the courage to do that and share it's like one, the weight just falls off Mm -hmm. and I've never, and I've always, people have always been like, you know what? I get that. And Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, you too. You know, we're not, not, we want to live. We can't live isolated, you know, in our own little ticky tacky houses. Like we, we need to really reach out for support and help, and we're so mm-hmm. worthy of that. And and this is, and I think you're a wonderful resource for this. I know you have a masterclass, a free masterclass for people. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just a. It's short. It's only seven minutes long. It's a free masterclass. It's really about helping people ask some very pointed questions day to day to help them start to get more clear about how to honor their own hearts. I mean, I think ultimately, that's always my goal to help people connect to themselves, to honor their own hearts, so that they can live their lives from the inside out, and then in alignment, and then decide what are your yeses? And what are your noes from that place, as opposed to, what I think we're talking about trying to interrupt is this very automatic pilot yeses and no's based on these stories that we tell ourselves that are not honoring our truth.
0: And it just keeps us in the same spin and creating the same experiences. And if we want to create something new, we must, you know, change within us so we can project that, you Mm -hmm. know, I'd really love, we kind of talked about this before the show, but like, what are some things that, you know, with, in your group and in, in the people you work with that you, you, you say like, listen, just take these baby steps, Yeah. just some simple things that we can just start to think about or or integrate and implement in our lives that can start to move the needle and help Mm -hmm. us kind of move in the direction that we, we really want to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what I find so much with most of my clients is this, filling up the time and space so fully with all this stuff that they think they need to be doing and focusing on that the thought of even checking in with their own intuition or coming back to themselves feels so impossible because they're exhausted and depleted and they can't get to themselves. Mm. And so I think just 10 minutes, if you can give yourself, especially if you notice that your mood is starting to get kind of eh, Or you're starting to feel exhausted, taking 10 minutes to catch your breath. And it could be as simple as just sitting on the couch and breathing. It could be taking a few minutes just to journal whatever's coming up, going outside and feeling the sun on your face, petting your dog. My dog's sitting over here in the room. Like that's one of my favorite things just to like look, make eye contact with him and just pet him. But that kind of slowing down is so critical because. If we don't, we really do struggle to connect to our own intuition and know who we are and what we want. And so to start to develop some very simple practices, and I promise you 10 minutes goes a long way.
0: And what I mean, it's creating space. Yeah. Creating space within yourself, your life to attune back to yourself. Yes. Yes. And a lot of, and the people say, I just, I don't have 10 minutes. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is a conditioned response. It's it's not true. Mm-hmm. We have time for ourselves, mm-hmm. and a, and I I don't know. I think a lot of times we we want the distraction because we are kind of afraid to go in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally true. I mean, we can definitely be in this like hamster wheel kind of experience, go, go, go. And it connects back to some of the limiting beliefs that we talked about, this hustle for worth. But yeah, this, if we don't even look at the limiting beliefs, but just think, I can't, I have this, 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 and this that need to be on my list or or that need to get accomplished. That's on my list. I was just talking about that today. Actually, I'm posting it a little later this week, but just the idea of, challenging that. And to use, it's interesting in this retreat that just happened, we talked about feeling at peace in your body and using that as a guide. And that's something that I have really been doing very mindfully over the past couple of years, really just using what does it feel like to be at peace in my body? And if I'm not feeling at peace in my body, how do I come back to that and using that as a guide? And as we were talking about it in the retreat, what came up for a lot of people is a lot of fear that even though intellectually, everybody agreed with the concept and they really felt like it made a lot of sense. Yes, absolutely. It's important to be at peace in your body. We talked about, well, what happens? You know what that feels like even and what happens if you do it? And what came up for most of the people at the retreat was the fear that gets kicked up. And so I think you're right about, yeah, people are operating at this rate sometimes because it's really scary to slow it down.
0: And it's so interesting because we know that stress is like the number one root of all illnesses and disease. Mm -hmm. There's other things, on, but really stress.
1: And
0: And to me, stress is discord. Like you said, not being harmonized in your body, not feeling safe, not being relaxed, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. peace at present. You know, there's that like that, that stage where you're completely peaceful. And then the other spectrum is just, you're going crazy. You can't mm-hmm. get it all done. There's so much. And it's like, how do we slowly move ourselves? And it's baby steps. It's yeah. 10, 10 minutes out of the day, putting your feet on the earth, getting some sunshine, petting your mm-hmm. dog, journaling. Mm-hmm like filling our cups.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Moving from there. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think recognizing when the fear gets kicked up, recognizing, Oh, when I do this, I notice I get a little revved up. Okay. And then learning, what do we actually ignore? Because, if the pattern is go, 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 and as we slow down, fear gets kicked up, but we know what we're doing, we know we're interrupting it, then that fear doesn't have to run the show. Because you were saying earlier, like, pick your heart, which is our discomfort, you know, which is the discomfort that's going to be part of your journey that really is going to honor your truth, who you are, what you want for yourself versus what's the discomfort that's going to be what I've been calling energetic clutter. That's just going to loop around and around and around and keep you treading water and not getting to a place where you're really able to have more life satisfaction.
0: enjoy. And I, I love this so much, Tony, because as mothers, our children see us, they see the way that we operate in the world. And that's what they learn.
1: That's That's what they
0: say. Oh, this is how it's done. That's right. But it's not, that's not we. And and so I truly believe as we heal ourselves and we take those steps necessary, no matter how scary, no matter Mm -hmm. how much courage it takes, you know, once we just make that move, we say, Oh, it, that, Okay. And then we can make another step. And as our children see us mm-hmm. and, and that, I mean, that to them can heal them in, in this sense, in a way, right? Cause we heal ourselves. We heal, heal generations before and after us.
1: Totally. And I think sometimes just watch for that messaging. Cause I think sometimes people are like, well, I can't, not take care of my kids because they're going to feel abandoned. And so that's a story sometimes people get caught up in. But if they can see, oh, wait a minute, if I show my child how I take care of myself, then your children are going to be able to learn how to take care of themselves. And so it takes away this other kind of more codependent idea where it's kind of like, I need to do it because I need to show my kids they're loved, but you're not really showing them by doing it that way. You're not really showing them how you love and honor yourself. And so that's so important.
0: It's so important and it's so beautiful. And I just, I love having these conversations, Tanya, because you know, we all as mothers, we all struggle in mm. in our own ways. And in the and it's a lot of the same thing. And it can feel so scary and lonely. And then there's so much guilt, our mm. mom guilt that continues to fuel that I'm not enough. And it feels like a big cyclone that you just can't. Get yeah,
1: out. yeah, yeah, totally. And I think it could be helpful to write, write it out even. What's the messaging here? Okay. The messaging is I can take care of you. I'll drop everything for you at all times or something like that. Okay. What would the messaging be if I did actually do this self-care thing for myself? In fact, one of the biggest times that I learned it was from doing group as a client. I used to, when my kids were little, I went to group again because it was so powerful in my life. And I live in Westchester, New York. I was going into New York City. So it was quite a commute to get in there for the group. And my husband had to come home from work early from the city. It was inconvenient. He was not totally thrilled about it at all times. And the kids were at the age where they wanted mommy, 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 and they were not terribly excited about the fact that dad was taking them for that night. But I knew that it mattered to me to go. And I always felt like it was one of the best things that I ever did for their relationships and for the kids to learn, oh, it matters to take care of yourself and look at all that mom is doing to make sure she gets to this group and so not that they fully understand all the different layers but it was just such a helpful thing for everybody to be able to have a different dynamic than just mom doing it all
0: and then you get to show up yeah fresh and full and with a deeper understanding of your heart and who you are and yeah. And I, and I think, and then you can, and because that's a lot of, a lot of times in my early motherhood, I was just, I was doing all those things, people pleasing, not really taking care of myself, kind of on the surface, I was taking care of myself, you know, the mm, surface care,
1: right.
0: really nourishing myself. And I, and I would show up as, as, I mean, really as a mother that I, um, you know, it, it um, that I wasn't proud to be, mm. you know, that I knew I, I knew I, I was like, this isn't, this isn't me. This is yeah in alignment with my heart. yeah. And so when you start to really dig deep and do these things like uh group therapy and, and really start to slow down, you get to then show up in the way that, you know, you've always wanted to. Yeah. And, it's, and, it, it, and it's so worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to feel like, to know you have permission. I know Brene Brown does. She literally has permission slips that she even writes out for herself. I think she still does. She talked about it, doing it that way. But like that permission piece, we struggle a lot with that. And so to remind ourselves, yes, you have permission to do this. And yes, there's so many blessings and gifts that are going to come from that. So, yeah.
0: Well, um, so how can our listeners connect with you if they're just feeling that aha, like I need to reach out to Tanya? How would how would they do that?
1: Yeah, the easiest way really is to come to my website, which is my name. So Tanya Cole hyphen Lesnik, but to make it a little bit easier. It's also clear, energetic. Clutter.com. If anybody happens to be listening without a pen in hand, ClearEnergeticClutter.com, And I have that seven minute masterclass that's free. I also offer a free 20 minute discovery session. If somebody wants to chat about what's going on with them and how I might be able to support their personal growth journeys. And, um, and I even have a documentary of the story that I share that what led to me becoming a a therapist, I made a little just a I think it's like nine minutes documentary of that story.
0: So cool. Well, what I'll do is, um, just for the listeners, I'll make sure those are in the show notes. Awesome. So then they can just, you know, hit them on the show notes and you, you know where to go. Um, you know, I just, I so appreciate this high level conversation and your support that you are providing for so many people and just coming on here and um and helping us just see see life a little differently you know you really gave us a new lens to kind of look at life through
1: Oh, thank you, Becky. And what a pleasure to have this conversation with you.
0: Oh, it was really beautiful. Um, well, everyone, um, you just go to the show notes if you want to connect with Tanya. And I'm just so grateful you all are listening and we will catch you on the next Hippie Moms podcast. Bye.